We're coming on stage just a second. Impacting life 24-7. Trying getting some of these things out of the way before I actually come on camera. Kind of makes it easier. So that I can focus on y'all. I think my battery's dying. Huh. Well, it always pays to have a backup. You can never go wrong with a trusty wired microphone. Oh yeah, y'all, we just had ourselves we just had ourselves a little fit over here. Everything was just falling completely apart. That's why I love doing my own show because when you do it yourself, hey man, you just figure it out. You build the plane as you fly it. You know what I'm saying? Hope everybody's having a good day. You tuned in to Impact Life 24-7 with your host, C.L. King. I am sitting high atop the roof, E. Plowden Legacy Chair. I want to thank everybody for giving us your time today. I'm going to give you kind of a sneak peek preview to the men's meeting that I'll be speaking at this coming Sunday. And I'm looking forward to that. That's in Maysville, Maysville, North Carolina. So Greg and I are headed to Maysville, and I hope that you can join us there. I wanted to tag Miss Belinda Linder because she said she wanted to, maybe she can catch this on the real time. Anyway, yes, Impact Life 24-7 is carried in 47, 48 states, downloaded in all of those states, downloaded on 40-something platforms, carried in 38, 39 countries. So we're very, very blessed that God has continued to do what only he can do. The thing that we said about in our mission this year was to execute. That was the word that we got, to execute, execute, execute. And everything else, God would take care of. And we, we trust him that he's certainly going to do that. And I so, I so hope everybody has had a phenomenal day today. Today in Eastern Carolina has been, as usual in the dog days of summer, very unpredictable. One minute it's going to rain the next minute it might snow, and then following after that, it will be 
a tsunami. And so <laughs> this, this area is just prone for all different types of things. We have a very, very jam-packed weekend. And so tomorrow we will be at the market. If you all have not been to the Cedar Point Market, you need to do yourself a favor and get there. The market at Cedar Point is a phenomenal place. And we have been out there since last summer. Charity has her business Southern Designs by Charity, and she goes out there every Saturday, and I went with her for the first year and basically was her general laborer and promotion guy. And then as we finished the book last November, I said in the beginning of this year, maybe we could go out there and see how the book would do because I, I resisted going to the big box stores because they were talking about, you know, we're only going to give you 40% of your book. And I'm just like, you know, this is a lot of labor. This is my passion. This is my baby and so i'm gonna go somewhere else and that's really what we've been doing just kind of going where the lord leads us and it's been so much more i say the experience has been so much more fulfilling profitable etc because we're meeting real people and jeff and mary out there at the market have just opened their arms to this project who ate my brownie no matter the adversity you still can make it if you ha have not gotten a copy of my newly released book that is a bestseller at Impact Life 24-7. All you got to do is go to whoatemybrownie.com. Whoatemybrownie.com. That's it. That's all you got to do. The name of the book, .com. <laughs> it's real simple. So today, I, this Sunday, I'll be speaking at, I'll be speaking in Maysville and looking forward to a time of ministry there, talking to men it is a men's day event, and thank goodness there are men in the world who are not ashamed to still be called men, and I believe that men serve a tremendous purpose in society. I'll be at First Missionary Baptist Church. That's 90 Jenkins Street in Maysville, so I want to give you that address. First Baptist Church, 90 Jenkins Street in Maysville, North Carolina. Greg and I will be there this Sunday at three o'clock. And yes, you know, it is, it is a thing that you, you should not have to abase yourself because you're a man. And I do feel like men play a very, very vital role in our society. <laughs> They're kind of, they kind of like make up the society, right? And secondly, in other words, that we make up the other half of society because you have women and you have men. Sometimes we see on Father's Day, we'll, we don't necessarily see men doing this, but we'll see ladies doing this. We'll, we'll see mothers saying, you know, I have been the mother and father, so happy Father's Day to me too. And that's, that's just really not biologically or spiritually accurate, though the father may be absent. A mother cannot... A mother can fulfill duties of a father, but a mother cannot replace a father, nor can a father replace a mother. We, we have DNA, we have destiny, we have purpose, and that's just the way it is. Secondly, it, you know, when we talk about men, I think men should be able to step up and be leaders and be influencers and be men of covenant. And so this weekend, what I'll be talking about 
is men of covenant. But today, I wanted to give you kind of like a sneak peek into that from a maybe a slightly different perspective that God does not make pinky promises, but no, he forms, indeed, he forms covenants. Why would we talk about pinky promises? Because, you know, that's on the, that's on the childhood playground. That's an area that is, is, a full of innocence, but there's really no staying power to a pinky promise. In in some cases, there's really no staying power to contracts. I remember when I bought a vehicle one time and I got this lavish bumper to bumper warranty. Now, when I think of bumper to bumper, I think the bumpers on the outside in front of the car, everything behind that is covered and the bumper on the back of the car is on the outside and everything in front of that is covered. Well, we began to have some electrical issues with this vehicle on this bumper-to-bumper warranty. And I said to myself, I am so glad that I got this bumper-to-bumper warranty. I am so glad that I purchased this extended warranty for the life of the vehicle, bumper-to-bumper. And as fate would have it, they said, oh, in the fine print of this contract, electrical things such as this lighting issue that you're having is not covered under the bumper-to-bumper warranty. So I proceeded to ask them, well, if this is an electrical issue in the lighting wiring apparatus, is not that behind the bumper? Is that not within the bumper to the front and the bumper to the back? Is that not found somewhere in the middle of those two bumpers? But unfortunately, the fine print said that electrical issues that fell into this category were not covered under the bumper to bumper warranty. And I purchased this extended lifetime, I went into covenant with them. I went into contract. I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pay for extra protection because I'm not a mechanic. I, I can barely change a tire. I know my luck. So I'm going to go ahead and get this warranty because you advertised it as something that is that is top of the line, something that is that is something you're going to need going down the road. And when I needed it and I wanted to enact the contract, they said, oh, there's fine print. You know, and I think about how when we talk about God and his covenant and how he doesn't just take a flippant playground approach to humanity when he decides that he's going to go into a covenant with us. It is not a covenant of frivolity. It's not a covenant that there is a bunch of fine print. So when you go to him and say, Hey, look, Lord, this is what we, this is what we went into covenant for. This is what we went into covenant together And he's not going to say to you, oh, I understand that we went into covenant, but you didn't read the fine print. You didn't understand that there was, I had this, 
I had this get out of jail free card. I have this clause in the covenant that gave me a way out. And so much so in our society, ladies and gentlemen, that covenants uh, are nothing more than mere pinky promises on the playground of life. And you can get in them and get out of them expeditiously. One of the things that I, I, am, I admire about what God did in Genesis chapter 8 after the flood, this, this, this all, I always marvel at this statement. In Genesis 8 verse 1, the Bible says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing on the ark and the cattle that was with him on the ark. And God made a wind to pass over. So it, I, I always articulate this when I'm out speaking. I'm just like, you know, God was up there laying out new schematics for new galaxies, and, and, and maybe he was understanding the new topography of the earth. And, you know, someone said, uh, th there's a boat down there, Lord. You going to help that guy out? And it's like, Oh, Noah. And one of the things that, that strikes me is, is that maybe Noah was so committed to fulfilling his calling that he was not bothering God. He was not making a whole host of petitions to God. He was simply doing what God asked him to do because God had provided him a way of surviving. And Noah says, listen, if he gave me the insight to this boat, then until he decides it's time for me to come off, I'm going to tend to the business of the boat. I'm not going to keep coming back to you, God. Well, you know, hey, it's been three months or, hey, it's been six weeks or, hey, you know, what, 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 what's next in this equation? You, you never read where, in fact, it was so silent that the Bible says, and God remembered Noah. And, you know, the, the, the thing that, that, that I feel when we talk about covenants is when we look at the first covenant that God made with Noah, it was unique. It was interesting. It was different because he didn't put out a whole list of things for Noah to do in the discussion of the covenant. You know, after all the animals came off of the ark after God decided to remember Noah. That's what it says in Genesis 8.1. Oh, and God remembered Noah like he had forgotten completely about him. He was so busy doing other things. And, and, and when we see Noah coming off the boat, the very first thing we see in 20 of chapter 8 is Noah building an altar. So it wasn't that Noah was bitter when he got off the ark, having been on the ark for all of those days and, and reeling and rocking on that boat. I know that boat was massive, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide. And 450 feet long, 75 feet high, 45 feet wide. That's the dimensions of the ark. When I'm thinking about the boat that Jeremiah and I were just on, <laughs> Out there in the Atlantic, there were people getting seasick in droves, and we were just going out to the Gulf Stream. So I can't imagine when the Bible says that the, the, the deep, the bowels of the earth gave up themselves. I can't imagine that Noah had just a smooth first-class cabin ride on the love boat. No, it was not a carnival cruise ship. In fact, it was a violent 
exchange of survival. This was, you talk about the deadliest catch. This was, this was one of the examples of humanity surviving in the midst of absolute death and destruction. I imagine in my mind's eye that Noah was able to hear in some cases the screams and the, and the petitions of people asking, can they, can they make it on the boat? Can you throw me a lifeline? And so the very first thing that Noah did when he came out of the ark is he offered up a sacrifice. And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So even in the midst of his calamity, because he remembered what God had did for him, he said, I won't ask anything of the Lord, but I will come off of this ark. And when I do, I will offer an offering of sacrifice to him because he saved me. And the scripture goes on in verse 20 to tell, tell us, and, and you're listening to Impacting Life 24-7, giving you kind of like a sneak peek behind the scenes of what we're going to do on Men's Day this coming up in, I think I'll be in Maysville, North Carolina at 3 p.m. at First Missionary Baptist Church. I believe that's where it's at. And you can look on my page and get the directions if you want to come. We may even uh, broadcast it live from the site. So, after he built the altar, the Bible says in verse 20 that the Lord smelled a sweet savor and, and, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. You remember that when he talked to Adam, he said, cursed is the ground, right? Thorns and thistles shall it produce for you. But when after Noah's offering to the Lord, it wasn't an offering of God you know, show me where the fruit and vegetable aisle is. He, Noah was not offering an offering to say, God, you know, now sh show me and give me and all this kind of stuff. Bless me. It was an offering of sacrifice to the Lord of thanksgiving. And God smelled that. And he said, man, I'm not going to curse the ground anymore. Because here's what he realized, that the imaginations, this is verse 21, the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth. He's like, I got to recognize what I created. <laughs> These are human beings. And I did not make them inerrant. I did not make them. I made them with a choice. And anytime you give an entity a choice, it can choose wrong, right? Anytime you give a creation a choice, it can make a choice contrary to what's best in their best interest. And so he said in verse 22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and wind and day and night shall not cease. While the earth remaineth, I want you to know, Noah, until there ain't no more earth, I will not curse the ground again. I recognize mankind is not an angel. I recognize that mankind is not a deity. So when I, when I lay out things for him, I'm gonna have to give him very specific instructions. That's what I'm gonna be talking about this coming Sunday at 3 p.m. 
at First Missionary Baptist Church there in Maysville, North Carolina. But he's talking about the, the, the covenant, men of the covenant. But this is kind of like a sneak peek of how God operates in covenant. Are you ready? And so in verse number seven, or verse number eight of chapter nine in Genesis, the Bible says that God spake unto Noah and said to his sons in him, behold, I will establish my covenant. Now here is God saying, listen, I'm going to make an agreement. I'm going to make a contract and there's not going to be any fine print. I'm not going to do this for the, for the frivolousness of some playground pinky promise. No, I want you to understand that I'm going to make a covenant with you and with your seed after you. In other words, my covenant is so good that your children's children can come and bring the contract to me and I'll honor it. He said, behold, I will establish my covenant with you and the seed after you and with every living creature that is with you of the fowl, the cattle, and every beast on the earth with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast on the earth. Watch what he says. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of the flood. There will not be an opportunity again for a flood to destroy all humanity. It's not going to destroy humanity and it's not going to destroy the earth ever Again, I covenant with you. But God goes a little bit more specific. God says, this is the token of the covenant. Understand now, see, when, when God goes into covenant with us, it's so much more than just, well, I love the Lord and he loves me. That's it. That's, that's it. See, we, we have made society a, a, a society without conditions, and I want you to understand that God's covenant has conditions. Like a covenant is I'm going to do this, you're going to do that. So it's a covenant with conditions, but then God honors his covenant without condition in this particular case, because he says, I recall humanity now is but a frail form of dust. I recall that humanity now is nothing more than going to have evil continually in his heart. I've got to recognize that this is my creation. And God said, this is going to be a token of the covenant, which I make between me and thee and you and every living creature, which is with you for perpetual generations. God's saying, listen, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you when, I'm going to tell you for how long, I'm going to tell you how long the covenant lasts. I'm going to tell you for what you can expect for me to do. He said, as long as there is seed and harvest and changing and light and day and night, there will not, this covenant will not cease. I'm not going to break it. And he said in verse 13, I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a for a token of a covenant between me, watch this, and the earth. God's desire to make sure that this is such a clearly blanketed covenant that he doesn't just make it with Noah. 
He doesn't just make it with Noah's family. He doesn't just make this covenant with the animals. But the Bible says, this shall be a covenant between me and the entire earth. That's right. And he said, I, it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. This is the first time you're hearing about a bow or a rainbow. And watch what he says. And I will remember my covenant because God has a tendency to forget folks. <laughs> remember Manoah was washing and sloshing up in the boat. And, and the Bible says in verse in chapter eight, oh, and God remembered Noah. Yeah, here he is. He's like, I'm going to put something in place so that even when I get preoccupied doing the, the will of myself, that taking counsel after my own will and forming stars and galaxies and healing the sick and raising the, but even when I do that i'm going to make sure that i don't get so preoccupied that i forget and i recall humanity's evilness he said and i will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh he says i am making it so that no one can do anything egregious enough for me to flood this earth again. And the bow shall be in the cloud. And when I look upon it, that I may remember ever, the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God, watch what God said. And he said to Noah, this is the token of my covenant, which I will establish between me and all flesh upon the earth. All flesh, you, you don't have to do anything for your end of the covenant. You just have to exist. As long as there is life on this earth, as long as there is seed and harvest as long as there is light and darkness there shall not come a time when i will flood the earth or destroy it because i recall that humanity is nothing but flesh in genesis chapter 6 we see that the lord got upset and realized that the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually and so that's why I said, you know what? I'm done with y'all. I can only find grace in and Noah and his family. I'm done with this creation. I'm going to wipe them out. We're going to start over. Run when God's ready to start over. <laughs> and I, I have visioned this. I have envisioned this where there are places and locations in the world that simultaneously rain is falling. And we just seen up north, or was it Tennessee, it was somewhere just recently in the country where they had all of these flash floods. If you know where it's at, you can put it in the chat to help me out, remember? But one of the things that, that I recall is that the flood in that city and in that area has stopped. Yeah, there's recovery. Yeah, there's massive damage. But the city is not wiped off the face of the earth. 
even the the treacherous and diabolical tsunamis in the 2000s killed thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. But all the earth was not destroyed by a tsunami. There's been torrential rains and downpours and hurricanes and floods and the levees broke in New Orleans and people were up in the attics of their home and up on the rooftops and the flood waters were enormous and catastrophic. And yet, New Orleans remains. And I think about the bow in the sky. I think about the covenant that God took. He didn't say, Noah, okay, here's a list of things that you're going to need to do because a covenant is usually between more than one person. God said, listen, I'm going to establish my covenant with the earth, with all living beings, and this is the covenant. I'm going to set this bow in the sky. So I need this bow, and I'm going to make physics happen so that way when it rains and a cloud comes and the sun reflects just right and it, and it refracts all the way up to the heavenly throne room and there's rain happening simultaneously throughout the world, I will remember my covenant with Noah and the earth. And the bow will remind me to obey the waters. Imagine if there were no bow. Imagine if there were no bow. Imagine in that town where they just got flooded. If there, if there, somewhere it was a rainbow somewhere. And I feel like as the waters are rising and, and people are reeling and running to higher ground and, and they're thinking, what, when will it stop? I just believe that somewhere the clouds, which is representative of the spirit of God, somewhere in this earth, the clouds and the sun form the perfect union that a bow can be formed. And when that bow is formed, God sees it and says, it's got to stop now. Thank God he went into covenant. He recognized that humanity was too frail to say, if you don't do this, 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 and this, and this, when it rains, I'll let it just keep raining. God recognized that his own creation was flawed because it was human and it was left with choices. And God says, I can't make y'all Line up to this. So here's what I'm going to do. Knowing me, knowing my righteousness, knowing my tendency to want things holy and sovereign, I will put something in place that will activate my mercy. 
<laughs> I will put something in place. I will go into covenant with something that is an inanimate object. I will go into covenant with something that doesn't breathe. I will go into covenant with something that does not have blood vessels. It cannot articulate. It really can't even make choices. I'm going to go into covenant with a bow. Yeah, I went into covenant with the earth. Yeah, I went into covenant with humanity, but I didn't ask y'all to do anything. I, I didn't ask y'all, I didn't ask y'all to live, live righteous and and be thou blameless and walk before me. Now I'll ask other people in, in, in other times. But I can't do what I just did. God himself probably sat back and looked and said, This was a terrible thing. The day of the Lord, the scripture says, will be a great and terrible day. The day of the Lord will be a great and terrible day. And because God is who he is, he says, I know who I am. I'm sovereign. And I want humanities to obey and love and worship the sovereign God. But he said humanity is evil at their heart, at their core. They just do what they do. I've given them that leeway. That's why worship is so vital, because it is a choice. And God says, I'm going to put something here so that when the conditions may be getting terrible somewhere else, Maybe somewhere in Arkansas, maybe somewhere in California, maybe somewhere in the Philippines, maybe during the monsoon season, somewhere at its right alignment and timing, a bow will come into the sky and it will remind God that he should remember the covenant that he made on that day that Noah offered worship to him. See, when Noah got off the boat, Noah didn't ask for anything. When Noah got off the boat, he didn't ask God to bless him. He didn't ask God to make him fruitful and multiply. He didn't ask God to bless him in the field or in the basket. or in, He didn't do any of that. He came and offered a sacrifice to the Lord. I said, God, you kept me through 150 days of toil and trauma. You kept me when I there was enough provisions on the boat for me to last. And you kept me even though there were screams and wailings of people thrashing against the boat. You kept me safe. So the least that I can do when I come out of my trial is to worship you. Is to offer a sacrifice of praise. And the Bible says that that was sweet to the Lord. See, sometimes it's not, it's not beneficial for us to just go with a big old long laundry list of petitions before God. Sometimes when you don't know what else to do, you just offer a sacrifice of praise to him. But when you do, it becomes a sweet savor. It becomes a sweet smell. And then God goes into overdrive because after he smelled that, after, after that, that fragrance came up to him, after that worship came up to him, 
talking about men of the covenant this this weekend. This is just a sneak peek. God said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go into a place where no matter what man does, this covenant won't fail. Because God says, I got to make it for an everlasting covenant for your children, your children's children. They're going to be little, little baby grandchildren running up to me four millennia from now asking with a piece of paper saying, you told Noah that you'll never flood the earth again. And God will look somewhere over in, he'll look somewhere over in Denver. And the clouds and the sun will be just right. The mist from the air will be coming up from the earth. And God will see this beautiful rainbow that he sat there. And it will remind him to stop the waters in the Philippines. Because God said, I'll never, ever destroy the earth by this means again. Thank God that God doesn't do pinky promise playground You know, th thank God he doesn't he doesn't make his covenant with the fine print clause. Thank God that when he goes into agreement with you, it is for a generation that is yet to even be created. Thank God that he is the God of the covenant. And we hopefully can be men and people of the covenant because what we get this Sunday the next part of covenant is the example where God asks us to do something. And he shows that he shows, he demonstrates the power when two, which are better than one, when two come into agreement and God lays out a list to Abraham and says, listen, I'm going to do this for you, your seed for an everlasting covenant. You shall be great. I'm changing your name. Everything come out of you going to be blessed. But I got a little something for you to do. You ain't going to get off as easy as just a rainbow because <laughs> you're not going to get off as easy. And this is where men have to be able to say, I, I have to fulfill my part of the covenant with God. Man, it's going to be a good time. All right, so that's Impacting Life 24-7, <laughs> the, the sanctified version. And uh, we're so thankful that you guys take time out of your schedules to be with us. Listen, if you'd like to become a sponsor, we're going to the Craven County Jail at the end of this month. If you'd like to become a sponsor of the work that we do, the jail, the jail talk campaign, it's very, very simple. Go to clkingspeaker.com and become a sponsor. It's just that easy. Go to clkingspeaker.com and become a sponsor. And you will help us to be able to reach those people, those great people who just have had made some choices that got them there. But we're helping them and we're, we're going there every month to inspire them with our jail talk campaign to say, hey, man, listen, there are things that you've done, but we're going to we're going to make corrections and the bow is in the sky. God sees it, and he's not going to destroy you. He's not, he's not going to throw you away. 
And so we appreciate our sponsors. Our, we have many sponsors from um, in the north, south, east, and west. But we love for you to join this mission. And what we do for our sponsors is we give them, if a, if a sponsor wants to come on the show, we give them top-of-the-line privileges in the Impacting Life 24-7 podcast. We also promote their what they're doing in our Leadership Institute and their companies and all of their endeavors, we promote them here. This is the greatest promotion apparatus I feel that we've ever had. And so, but it's five, a dollar or $15. That, it, it's not like it's breaking the bank, but the reality is, is that their, their, their gift and their contributions are making a difference because it allows us to go to these places that may not have it within their budget, but we still can go, you see? I, and I've just posted the other day of all the messages that we get from the Craven County Jail. And those folks have just opened up their hearts to us and said, man, listen, don't stop coming. Please keep coming. And we're not going to stop. And so those are the types of things. Uh, again, the travel to speak to men, giving workshops for free. Our sponsors help us do this. And so if you would like, we'd love for you to become one. All you got to do is go to clkingspeaker.com, scroll down a little bit. And you'll see the word sponsor and you can be a part of this. Also, if you'd like to get a copy of the book, everybody knows the name of the book now. Who Ate My Brownie? No matter the adversity, you still can make it. It is selling like wildfire. We're so, so, so blessed to be able to have tapped into a network of people who love this mission, love the purpose, and are really helping us do the work of God. So all you got to do is go to whoatemybrownie.com and get your copy. All right, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Impact Life 24-7. We look forward to seeing you. We're going to have some guests here real shortly, getting everybody all lined up. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Take care.